Bills for the Indianapolis Colts that are really, really important. We've talked about this a little bit before, but I think it bears mention again because the left tackle battle is going to be huge. Indiana, the basketball schedule, we don't know what it is, but we do know who Indiana is going to play and how often in the Big Ten. And my God. Could they have made it more difficult for Indiana to figure out a way to win the Big Ten during a year where it looks like they got a really good chance to win the Big Ten? Could they have made it tougher? They could not have made it tougher. That's the short answer. We'll go over it and, and reveal what it looks like for Purdue as well because Purdue's got kind of an easy road, at least compared to the Hoosiers. The U.S. Open is ongoing, and Phil Mickelson is blown up. He had a four, he had a four jab from like twelve feet. Had a birdie putt from from like twelve. Ran it by, ran it by again. Missed it again. Put up a double. He is five over, playing the eighth right now as we speak, and it is glorious. Does it make me a good person that I'm rooting against Phil Mickelson to the point where I'd like to see him shoot ninety? That'd be beautiful. Does that make me an embittered old turd? I own it. I'm fine with it. I'm good. Rooting against people is every bit as much fun as rooting for them, especially when you're by yourself in a house. Now look, if you're among friends and you're rooting for people and you're loud and you're obnoxious, you know what, whatever. But if you're alone in your house and you're rooting against a greedy boob like Phil Mickelson, good for you. I love it. Matt Howard. Has been or will be inducted into the Butler Athletics Hall of Fame, and that is wonderful. Matt Howard, they should build a statue of Matt Howard out in front of Hinkle Fieldhouse or rename the building Matt Howard Fieldhouse. That's how important he was to the explosion of that franchise. People like to laud Brad Stevens, and they're right to do it. But Matt Howard was an absolute fulcrum in getting them where they needed to go. Brad Stevens gets the credit for recruiting uh, Matt Howard when he was an assistant under Todd Licklider. However, Matt Howard, as a player, as a representative of Butler basketball and Butler University, how do you do it better? If not him, who? Build a statue to the man. Let's go put it out in front of Hinkle. Uh, Gordon Hayward going into the Hall of Fame as well, and and so there you go. Brownsburg Zone, he was only there for a uh, for a couple of years. There are five or six other guys who are uh, shoving Mac also going into the Hall of Fame, and then some other guys, cross-country guys, some other people. A baseball team, I think the 1999 baseball team. Anyway, this is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Thursday, June 16, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got a plumbing problem? They got a plumbing solution. They're going to help you live a better life through improved, uh, improved plumbing. Give them a call. 765-610-8809. I know. It's disconcerting when I get negative because I'm usually such a positive person unless I'm talking about the Cubs or I'm talking about the Lib Tour. I got no problem with that. I can get negative with anybody. Let's talk about the position battles. And really, the big one is Matt Pryor and Bernard Ryman as left tackle. Bernard Ryman taken 77th overall because of a pretty shrewd deal by Chris Ballard that swapped 42 for 53 and they picked up 57 in the pro or 77 in the process. By getting 77, they wound up with Bernard Ryman, who is projected by some to be a first-round talent at left tackle. Now, Ryman is kind of an old rookie. He's going to be 25 years old, 
but he's very athletic. He's got good hands. He's got good length. He's got good feet. He's got all that good stuff. He just hadn't played a whole lot of football and none of it at a high level because he went to Central Michigan. With Matt Pryor, Matt Pryor played really well last year for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, played 408 snaps and had a pro football focus ranking rating of 76.5. That's pretty good. It was significantly better than Eric, uh, Eric Fisher. So uh, he played the best football at left tackle that the Colts had last year. So they signed him to another deal. And now uh, they've got a competition at left tackle. Somebody has got to protect Matt Ryan's blind side. He's nimble with about a five-yard radius in the pocket. But you've got to protect him in the pocket. He's not going to be able to escape that pocket, go run, extend plays. And you know what? Good. Because what the hell good does that do? I would much rather have had what the Colts had in 2020, which was sedentary, right? Stable to the point of inert in the pocket. And then last year, which was frenetic and all over the place and extending plays for six, seven seconds. I would rather have the Philip Rivers version than the Carson Wentz version. However, Matt Ryan is going to have to be protected by either Ryman or Pryor. It may wind up, you may start with Pryor and wind up with Ryman. It may go like that. Both are 6'7". Ryman's kind of slight, 290, 300, and Pryor is a big one at 6'7 and 332. All right, Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods. They didn't draft Jelani Woods at 73 because they love where they're at with tight ends. They didn't do that. Mo Ali Cox has really never kind of emerged. He had a pretty good 2020. Last year, he was virtually ignored as part of the passing game. The Colts, they went out and got a potential elite-level athlete at tight end. Tall, long, big hands, good hands. Played one year at Virginia and played really, really well after coming over uh, there as a transfer. Um, who's going to I, I think this may be another one. They're going to go with two tight ends a lot of the time, so you're going to see them both on the field. I mean, it's kind of like asking, okay, who you want? You want Mo Ali Cox or Jack Doyle? Well, how about both of them? You know, they're going to play a lot of two tight ends, but it's going to be interesting to see which is targeted more by Matt Ryan. And you got to throw Kylan Granson in there, too, because he's going to get targeted a lot if minicamp is any uh, any indication. At the Colts complex, watch a minicamp, you're kind of, you get to be reminded of who Kylan Granson was because we really didn't see him very much last year. But again and again and again and again, it was Granson who was getting fed by Matt Ryan. Rodrigo Blankenship is going to go up against Kicker X. We don't know who that kicker is. I don't believe it's going to be Jake Verite. I think it's going to be somebody, though, because I don't think that the Colts trust Rodrigo Blankenship to deliver the goods with the game on the line. I just don't see that from the Colts. If they felt that way last year, they would have gone with Blankenship once he was healthy over Badgley, and they didn't. So I think we're going to see a kicking competition in uh, training camp and then maybe beyond throughout the preseason. Alec Pierce versus Desmond Patton. This is patently ludicrous to me. You didn't draft Alec Pierce, and you you targeted him in the draft. You wanted Alec Pierce. It's not that you felt like at 53, you know what, he's only the 53rd best player. They'd have taken him 42nd if they thought 
that he wasn't going to last to 53. Alec Pierce, they really, really like. Desmond Patman, they don't like so much. What, he catch two balls last year? One terrific catch against the Cardinals. That was very, very nice. But uh, you know what? If Alec Pierce, as a second-rounder, even as a rookie, can't beat out Desmond Patman, Mike Strawn, a seventh-rounder, Patman, a sixth-rounder, and Doolin, an undrafted free agent who plays special teams, I, I can't. There's a, you've got to chalk that up to idiocy by Ballard in, in taking him instead of what they could have done, and that's take Sky Moore. One of those two guys is going to be dynamic this year. I hope that it winds up being Alec Pierce. And then third quarterback, just because it's fun, Sam Ellinger and Jack Cohn. Hopefully this doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things for this upcoming season. Uh, brutal schedule for Indiana. My goodness. Kevin Warren, thanks ever so much. I'm not looking for walkover games, but there are... There are... Uh, Seven teams. Seven? I think that's right. Wait a second. There are uh, eight teams projected to be in the Big Ten or in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten. Eight teams. Indiana's one of them, so that leaves seven that they could that they'll play either once or twice. And seven teams they're going to play twice. Six teams. They're going to play once. Of those seven teams, six that they're going to play twice, six of them are projected to be selected into the NCAA tournament. Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and Rutgers. Only Northwestern, Indiana plays home and home, is not projected to be in the NCAA tournament. That is a tough road to hoe. That is really unfortunate. The teams that they'll play at home only, Nebraska, Ohio State, projected into the NCAA tournament. That's the one anomaly that they're going to play once as a, a potential NCAA team. And these these rankings are meaningless. It's Joe Lenardi. What are you going to do? Right? Uh, and then away only, you've got Maryland. Suffered a lot of losses this past offseason. And one of those losses is going to work out for the Pacers tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a second. But Maryland, Minnesota, and Penn State. There you go. Purdue, not bad for them. These teams, they played twice. Indiana, projected to be a fourth seed. Maryland, Michigan State, projected to be a seven. Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Penn State. So three of the seven for Purdue projected into the NCAA tournament. Nobody knows what's really going to happen. However... Better to play worse teams as we look ahead from June toward December and then January, February, and into March than to play good teams. That makes sense. Illinois might just flat suck. They've got transfers coming in and some recruits, but they lost like everybody. Uh, Jake LaRavia may work out for the Pacers this weekend or early next week. He went to Orange Central. Another one of the Jakes that went to uh, Indiana State to play uh, for Greg Lansing, who's no longer the coach. That may explain why LaRavia left. I don't know what the timing was. But he finished up his uh, college career at Wake Forest, and he's projected toward the late second round. Jake LaRavia, Jake Kelly, Jake Odom. I think they, 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 you know, there was a movie called The Two Jakes, right, which was the sequel to uh, Chinatown. Well, you got the three Jakes. 
out in Terre Haute, and they could all ball. Two of them had like chin strap beards, which was fascinating. Um, want to talk about golf for a second, and God bless Phil Mickelson and his his goofy 51-year-old head for jabbing. It made me so happy. Uh, but the leaders of the U.S. Open, there are four that share the league lead after opening round uh, 67s, Rory McIlroy being among them. I am a big Rory McIlroy fan now. Um, Jay Nivey keeps moving up the mocks. Saw one where he's uh, being picked at two today. Here's what you want in a mock draft. You want a guy who projects to be a star. That makes sense. If you have a chance to take a star, you should. If you got a chance to take, like, a high floor guy, why in the world would you do that in the top six of the draft? So, and, and comps are really, really interesting to me, right? Kind of tell you where these people are seen. And here are the comps um, uh, uh, according to uh, uh, TheRinger.com. Um, Jay Nivey, his comp, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Keegan Murray, T.J. Warren. I've been telling you he's T.J. Warren. Right, he's going to score. He's going to rebound a little bit. He's going to be the third or fourth best player on the floor. If you got three really good ones, if you got a threesome already, T.J. Warren is a perfect fourth. You don't want him as your best player. Uh, Shaden Sharp, he's a tall Bradley Beal, with uh, what is suggested to be a bit of a work ethic motivation problem. That's not good. Uh, Dyson Daniels, Evan Turner. Pacers fans. <laughs> what? Whose name? Evan Turner. Did somebody just say Evan Turner? I loved Evan Turner. No one else did. Um, Benedict Maturin, Jamal Crawford, Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo are the comps. That's not bad. A.J. Griffin, Jalen Brown. Not bad. Uh, Paolo Boncaro, Chris Weber, and uh, Randall. You've got uh, Holmgren is said to be a Gen Z, Pau Gasol. All right. Jabari Smith, Richard Lewis. That guy's going to be the top overall pick, and he's the best comp for him is Richard Lewis on, on both ends of the floor. That's crazy. A 2A Richard Lewis. Good Lord. Um, Pacers pre-draft workout tomorrow. Eli Brooks of Michigan, Fats Russell of Maryland, uh, Dry Horn of Tulsa, Brady Manick. From UNC, Bryson Williams of Texas Tech, Gerard Roden of Seton Hall. If any of these guys ever make a roster, God bless them. They're, they're kind of swimming upstream in trying to get that done. The Bears, they, uh, by the way, JT is minus one after nine. The Bears wore, they all wore number 41s today. This is the 52nd anniversary of Brian Piccolo's death, which is unbelievable to me. Uh, the movie, Brian's Song, made in large part of, in, in fact, it's entirely the story of the friendship between Gail Sayers, recently deceased, and Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo diagnosed with lung cancer after making the Bears team and being a roommate with Gail Sayers. And that was historic, to have a black guy living with a white guy on the road and being roommates. And just a beautiful movie, one of the best sports movies ever. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, it holds up today. It's just wonderful. Jack Warden's terrific as George Hallis and Abe Gibron in the movie and uh, Ed Obradovich in the movie. It's a great kind of memory lane deal for Bears fans. And, and the haunting theme song, it's just a wonderful movie. Uh, I'm going to go back inside and I'm going to watch U.S. Open and I am going to root like hell 
for Phil Mickelson never to put the ball in a jar and for him to shoot 90. How about that? Does that make me a crappy person? Go ahead. Call me a crappy person. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, and then tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're going to do a live call-in show. Download the call-in app. I cannot wait to talk to you. And if we get to 100 live users, $50 is going to one of them. How about that? A $50 bonus. If you, if you just log in and become one of the rabble who's listening and talking, activate yourself as a caller. It's like Sports Talk Radio Show. I can't wait to do that tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning and then uh, tomorrow afternoon at 2 on the call-in app.